Hey, welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. If you feel stuck, restless, overwhelmed, or dissatisfied with your current life, despite your life looking pretty good on paper, or at least on social media, I can totally relate. Together, we'll figure out how to take the next right step. I'll interview women who are a little farther along on the path and get tips and ideas from them. I definitely don't have it figured out, so I'll share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. Let's get started because life is too short to waste in autopilot. If you want to be the best possible version of you, you're in the right place. Hello, everybody. Today we have my friend Katie Avery, and y'all are going to love Katie. She lives in town with me, and I met her, I think it was winter time, and we got both got invited on a weekend um, mountain trip with our friend. It was his birthday, and his wife planned the trip, and so she invited Katie and her boyfriend, and so we got to meet them, and I said, Katie, I know you're probably not ready to share your story yet, but when you are, I'd love to interview you on the podcast and so thankfully she is she has agreed so welcome Katie thank you so much Hope I'm really looking forward to this I loved how we just immediately connected in the mountains and you know having a mutual friend that's just such a light has been you know a really good drawing feature for bringing us together and I thank you so much for having me today Yes. And so Katie's story is a little different. So some of the people I've interviewed have done things like move their family overseas or adopted a child from Russia or, you know, they've made this choice to like make a huge pivot. But other stories, it's more like your life is going along and then something happens and it just sort of turns everything upside down. And I think one of the biggest things I wanted to talk about is like, what do you do when that happens? And Katie has started on her journey. I mean, she's been on the journey all along, but she's really um, taken some brave steps. So can't wait to hear the whole story. Thank you, Hope. Yes, it has been, it's been quite a journey. I think um, when I reflect back on the last few years, I feel like I've almost lived like five years in just the last six months. Yeah. And every like life change has just happened. And um, yeah, so I guess, I don't know how to start, but I guess the best way to start is kind of with my background um, and my foundation. I grew up with my parents and they have been married forever. They were high school (laughs) sweethearts and met when they were 14 and 16. (laughs) I know. And they're still together and adorable and so precious. So they had, we just had, you know, a great childhood growing up and we spent time at the lake and we hung out you know, with friends and brought them along on vacations. And it was a really sweet childhood. So when I was in high school, I had a high school sweetheart too. And I kind of thought, Hey, you know, my life can go just like my parents did and happily ever after. And that's the way things go. Well, I was faced with kind of my first big life decision when I decided where to go to college as we all had to get to that point. Right. Yeah. So he was already at Auburn 
And I had always wanted to go to Georgia, but I definitely was entertaining the idea of Auburn. Yeah. And you have to, you're at that pivot, that fork in the road. And you're like, do I follow him? Do I go on my own? Right. And it was one of the first steps where I remember just like praying and saying like, God, what is my path? Where, where do you want me? At that point, I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up. I knew that I was interested in fashion and interior design and teaching and caring for kids. So yeah. I just really didn't have like a, I'm going to be exactly this. Uh-huh. It was like, I'm interested in all these things, but how, how do they fit? How do they mold? So I got um, deferred from early acceptance to Georgia. Mm. And so I was gung ho, ready to go to Auburn, going to get excited about my backup plan. Um, <laughs> and then I got accepted to Georgia um, in April. So and when you got that letter, did you immediately like, yes, that's where I'm going? Or were you still kind of torn? Uh, it was, it was hard because I knew immediately that's where I was going. And I knew that I was excited uh, but I also knew what that meant. You know, I knew that yeah. neither Jason nor I wanted to do a long distance relationship for any longer. Like we didn't yeah. want to live our college back and forth, just driving up and down 85. Yeah. So that was, I guess it was good. Y'all both sort of felt the same way. So right. did y'all break up before you started college? We did. So we broke up kind of like right then, just kind of like we're, you go live your college and I'll go live mine and we'll figure it out later. So he kind of went on and moved on to college and did his thing. And then I did the same and went to Georgia and that's where I had an amazing advisor. She would meet with me in her office and she'd say, all your classes are in, you know, a little bit of education, a little bit of fashion, a little bit of interior design. (laughs) Do you realize that you can make this into a career path. You can combine all of the things that you love into a job. And I did not know what she meant because we did not have that class when I was in high school, but it's basically the old home ec. So it's ah. family and consumers. Yeah. Family and consumer science education. So now it's more, instead of a home economics, stay at home mom pathway, it's more child development, early childhood education. Uh Um, Some schools have fashion and interior design. Some schools have housing. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. My mom was a home ec major. And I know we always roll our eyes because I'm like, that's not me. You know, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I guess now I cook, but back then I was like, yeah, I'm not like you, mom. But yeah, I had no (laughs) idea that you could do the fashion part of that. And Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really eye-opening. And then, you know, now they have it where you can have culinary food nutrition really? as another. So yeah. So I was like, yes, I, that, that involves everything that I yeah. want to do and I get to teach. So I had always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. So I was like, well, I'll teach uh-huh. until I have babies and then I'll stay home and then that'll be my life. Like, that's just what I want to do. So that's what I did. So that's, I've got my degree and I um, was in an amazing placement under Jody Reeves at North Gwinnett for my student teaching experience. Mm-hmm. She was amazing and I adored her and we just had this great bond. And so I loved working with her. I got a job right away um, at a high school in Gwinnett and taught there for eight years. I coached cheerleading and I made a lot of friends 
And I just really loved, I loved all the stuff. We made pajama pants and oh aprons. Gosh. We cooked homemade pizza dough. Um, it was just, it was a fun time, a really fun time. I could totally picture you doing that, coaching cheerleading. <laughs> Y'all, she's so cute. She's like a little Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> cuter, <laughs> cuter and younger. So, <laughs> you're so sweet. Oh all my right, gosh. So you were, and were you married at this time? So, um, we met, Ben and I met when I was teaching. So in 2008, I guess. So I was still teaching and he was in law school and we dated and got married. And then right after we got married, we got pregnant, like got married in June, got found out we were pregnant by September. Um, so we had a baby and we were still working and in law school and trying to do it all. Yeah. And we, got to the point where we realized like, what do we want to raise our kids in this area? I had like a little townhouse, you know, like, yeah. And so we just didn't know what we wanted to do. So we kind of looked around and explored a lot of different options in different communities. And like I said, I grew up in like the best little community bubble my whole Mm -hmm. childhood and I loved it. And I was like, I think I want that for my family. Yeah. So we looked at different communities that were similar and, um, the community that we're in now right outside of Athens is very much that feel. So we decided when Amy was a baby that I would just go part-time and he had his first job out of law school and we moved to Athens and loved it. Yeah. So we moved to Athens in 2012, I guess. Yeah. We've been in this area ever since. And so then you had more kids so then I had two more kids. I had, yes, I had two more kids. And so we have three um, at that point. And I decided to stay home. Once we had the third, I was okay. stay at home mom and doing all the things. We had our kids in school in this really sweet school that I adore. And I love all the people there. So I was doing mops, like moms of preschoolers yeah. organization. I'd made some really great girlfriends. We did um, Athens church and small group. And I was on the PTO and just volunteered at school <laughs> and worked in other classes. And it's just all the things that I'd really always wanted. And then Katie, you were also doing this. I don't know a whole lot about this, but didn't you have like an Instagram thing where you were doing fashion, like helping people? <laughs> yes. So I would get stopped randomly at like PTO meetings or mops or volunteering or at lunch with my girlfriends. And people be like, where did you get that? Or where did you get this clothes or whatever? Because like, you know, we live in a college town. Yeah. So, you know, if you're a mom and you're in a college town, it's kind of hard to find fashionable choices that are age appropriate. Yes. So I got the, you know, encouragement from our friend, our mutual friend to start my own little Instagram blog or I don't know, Instagram account. And I called it a very styled life because it's kind of a play on Avery. And I did that for a little while, but it was just super time consuming. And when the kids were all home, I just didn't pour enough time into it. I really didn't realize how much time you have to pour into your side gig yeah but I love that you had like a little side passion that something that was creative for you to do I mean you're president of the PTA and doing all the things but then you had this other little creative outlet yes it was very fun it was a fun little thing I I really liked 
you know, I loved, I've always loved that, you know, when I think maybe in the future one day, I'd love to own a little boutique or something. Yeah. I just, I like it. It's just fun to help people feel good in their clothes and put out a very confident image. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a lot of times what we struggle with as we have babies and your body changes and you get older and you're trying to search for, you know, what makes you feel good. Yeah. And I do think that fashionable choices can help you feel better in your skin. When you get up and you get dressed and you get your makeup on, you feel better about conquering mm-hmm. your day than if you just lounge around in your PJs all day. That is true. That's why I got dressed up for you today. Oh, <laughs> I actually skipped church, but I was like, I'm going to wear a dress. Oh. Put on earrings. <laughs> You're so cute. All right. So life was chugging along. You were hashtag killing it. Yeah. I um, thought I had all the things figured out. I thought I was just rocking my little life. Um, so then Ben got offered a job that would be in, um, in Atlanta. So mm-hmm. that would be about an hour from where we lived. And he said, I'll commute. And I said, okay, good. You can take this job. We prayed about it. I said, but I'm, I'm not moving. Mm-hmm. Like we had found this place in this little bubble and I just loved it. And I was yeah. so happy there. So for about two years, he would commute mm-hmm. back and forth. And then on our eighth anniversary at our anniversary dinner, in 2018, he sprung the idea on me that we needed to move to Atlanta. Ah, because he was tired. I mean, it, it's a hard drive back and forth to Atlanta, even though it's like an hour mile wise, it's traffic is it, usually terrible. Traffic is terrible. It, it's just a lot of time in the car, honestly. And I thought he would really like that because he loves to just listen to music and unwind. And almost when he worked very close to home, it's like he didn't have that time to unwind and separate being at the office from home with three kids so he needed more time in his commute but maybe not that much right so he um for the next year we did all the planning like the kids were in school we were still he was still commuting for that next year but I was going to tour schools And I was looking at houses and I was preparing our house to sell and packing up stuff and organizing for showings and all the things. And it was just a year that I love to run and I would run to go clear my head, Mm -hmm. but the anxiety of having to move and leave where I was happy, I I would get to the point where I couldn't breathe. I would run and not be able to catch my breath and just tears pouring down my face all the time. I just knew that it was not where God needed me to be. And I kept just praying and saying, God, what, what do I do? Like I've been taught my whole life to, you know, follow my husband's lead. He's the leader of our family and I'm, you know, his wife and I'm not working right now. Mm -hmm. Like I can't beg to stay here. I felt like I didn't have a leg to stand on to fight for us to stay. I think that's so important when you feel in your gut, like this is not the right path and everything in you saying no. I mean, when your body's like, when you're crying, like you're running and I mean, that's, that's such a sign, but I guess in the moment, like you, you don't realize it or, or you realize it, but you're just arguing with yourself and you're like, no, I have to follow my husband. And like you said, he's the breadwinner. I, I should be grateful that he's allowed me to stay home. Mm -hmm. It was, 
it was definitely a very hard few years for me as we did all of the things. And I just felt pulled in a lot of different ways. Um, I think ultimately I felt like I needed to be the wife who stood by her man and followed her lead, but I didn't, I didn't support that decision. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do about it. Do you think he so knew we, that? Like, was it hard? Did y'all have yes, arguments? Yes, I, and... I tried to communicate that, but he felt, I mean, you have to ask him, but I think he's told me over time that he felt like I didn't support him yeah. and that I was just complaining. Yeah. That's really hard when your gut is telling you one thing and your heart, but then you want to be supportive. I mean, that's definitely another fork in the road that, and ultimately you right. did move, right? Right. So I did. I ultimately moved and we sold our house that I loved and our neighborhood that we loved. And we moved to Atlanta into this little 1930s house. So this super ugly kitchen. I mean, <laughs> hope it was so bad. It was so bad. I knew from the time that we went and looked at the house that I wanted to renovate that kitchen. I was yeah. like, okay, we'll buy this house, but I'm renovating this kitchen. Um, so we moved and I thought that the tension of our relationship for that year would subside because now I was there. I had done it. I had moved me and the kids and got them all new schools and pediatricians and clubs and sports and all the things I've like really poured all my time into doing it. So I, I thought things would be better, but mm -hmm. I got there and I knew immediately that it was not, it was not me. It was not, uh, whether or not I would move. Um, he had made a new life there. Yeah. Cause he'd been commuting for three years at this point, right? Mm -hmm. He had been commuting for three years and there was a lot about his life that was different and that I did not know about. And, um, I felt it. I just felt, I just felt it was wrong. Mm -hmm. I felt that our marriage was off and I tried to give it time. I prayed. I was just at such a super low point after having confronted him lots of times about what was actually going on. And he just it made me feel like I was crazy mm -hmm. to believe that something was wrong when it, clearly was wrong. Everything was wrong, but I felt very, I started journaling and I felt very un, I remember writing that I was unloved and unwanted and unattractive, um, unaccepted, yeah. unappreciated. I just felt very un, like I was just going through all these motions and not, I was not where I needed to be. You're so, you were so out of alignment too, it sounds like. Right. You're out of alignment. You're away from your friends. You're away from your family. You're in this whole new place. I just really didn't know like where to turn or what to do, but I just had all those instincts and gut feelings. And I just, I kept searching for like proof of something that I could have a tangible, like, okay, this is what it is. And I put my finger on what was wrong. Did you have friends at this time that you felt like you could talk to or were they all back in your other town and like they think, oh, Amy, I mean, Katie's so lucky. She's like living the life, living in Atlanta or, you know, got a new house. 
Uh, that's a great, great question. So I would, some of my friends came to visit and we go shopping, go to lunch. And then other times, you know, we, they bring the kids and we'd meet and get all the kids together and go to the park and the playground. And then it just got to be probably halfway through that summer that some of my friends were like, what's wrong? You mm-hmm. have to tell us, like, we know something's wrong. And then I started slowly opening up to a very small group of girlfriends from back out here and opening up to my mom and mm-hmm. just saying, I need you to pray a lot. I, this is what I feel like's happening. This is what I feel like is wrong. This is how I feel inside. And I'm not in a good space mentally. I'm not in a, I'm not in a good, I'm not, a, I'm not mentally healthy right now. Well, yeah. And sounds like he was encouraging that thought pattern. Like you're, you're not okay. Like you're imagining things and. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I knew some things had to, had to change. Um, I found, um, I contacted a lot of people to try to get some like just information. I mean, at this point I'm a stay at home mom and I don't have access to a lot of our financial information and the kids were in school and I was just lonely. Mm -hmm. So I called around and I found a counselor and my counselor was amazing. Um, I got encouraged to keep a journal and obviously read a lot of books and pray a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I started journaling and it just started flowing out of me, just all the emotions. And I could clearly see different patterns in my life. Um, So they said, he encouraged me to read a book called, it's not supposed to be this way. Hmm. And it is an amazing book. I mean, in the book, it says disappointment isn't proof that God is withholding good things from us. Sometimes it's his way of leading us home. It also talks about how when you're in a low point, you don't feel like a broken vase where you could just be glued back together. Mm -hmm. You really feel like dust, like that there's not a way to put you back together Mm -hmm. because you're so broken that you're just dust. But the book encourages you that like, God says he's like the hands of the potter. You are in his hands and he can just add water and he can make something absolutely beautiful from the dust. And so that just kind of started to reshape my thinking of just because I feel broken and Mm -hmm. like dust, it does not mean that I'm not worth anything. I still have value. I still have so much more to give. Um, so I also read a book called Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. Yeah, She's so fun. I love her. Um, and she said, stop believing the lies about who you are and be who you're meant to be. Yeah. And I was like, that's really powerful too. You know, you hear all these lies about, you know, that you're not good enough and you need to be this and you need to be that. And it was just really eye-opening for me to realize like, okay, like I can be I can be more than I am right now. Mm-hmm. I really need to, I really need to get it together. I have three little people depending on me. And I honestly feel like you cannot be your best self as a wife or a mother or a friend or a daughter or a coworker 
or a teacher, whatever your role is, I don't think you can be your best self unless you are healthy. Yeah. So I really started to take some time to get myself healthy at that point. That's huge because you're probably having to put on a a front in front of your kids. I mean, you don't want to be like, mommy's depressed today or like crying (laughs) in front of them. And right. I just would try to get out all my emotions while they were at school. I would just go work out and run and cry and take a bath. And then I put my face on and (laughs) be ready at the bus stop, you know, like (laughs) this is so good for us to hear because we look at the lady at the bus stop who's dressed so cute and she has her makeup on and we think, gosh, she has it all together, but you just never know what somebody's going through. You really have no idea. And I think about that as a teacher too. When I look across my students' faces, like, I don't know what their morning was like. Yeah. I don't know if they got a hot home cooked breakfast sitting around the table with their whole family or if their parents work night shift and they've been for themselves all the time, or if they didn't have money and they haven't eaten that day. Yeah. I I don't, I don't know what shoes they've walked in before they got to me. So it's given me a new perspective for sure to really think about just because you look like you have it together on the outside does not mean that you're okay but we all do try to put our best face for it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It was an excuse to get up and get dressed so that I could go to the bus stop. That's right. (laughs) Right. Just do what you can. So your mom is praying for you. You've got the therapist, you're doing journaling and you're like uncovering all this stuff. And then Mm -hmm. meanwhile, were y'all in therapy together? No, because at that point there was still no problem. There was still nothing wrong. Um, so it got to a point where one of my girlfriends, she called one day and I just said, I I know something specific. And she said, let's pray. She said, I want to pray with you right now that whatever's hidden in darkness will come to light. And do you know that the very next day, all the things that were hidden in darkness came to light? Wow. It was just the power of that moment where we just prayed scripture back to God together out loud on the phone while we were crying. And I discovered all the truths. And yeah, just discovering it being right doesn't feel as good as you want it to. Yeah. Just because what you thought was happening is what's happening and you were right to have that gut feeling and gut intuition. It doesn't make you feel better. Right. I'm sure because that was- you can be really, really, really right. And still also be really, really, really alone. Yeah. And it's not just you. You're looking at your kids and how they could be hurt with this and Mm -hmm. absolutely and continuing to protect them so that they don't know all the things um it was just this cycle for the next probably gosh six months ish at least where it was just you know justifications or like let's have a date and that'll fix it Mm -hmm. or you know, and then it just happened constantly just was this cycle where it was really unhealthy for me. I was in a, a really bad, unhealthy marriage cycle for sure. I'm sure you were, I'm sure you were second guessing yourself too. And like, is this the right choice? Is this, what should I do? Well, and you hear all the positives of like, just because something bad happens in your marriage, you can make it better. You can forgive and you can forget and you can move past it and God will offer healing. And 
I just prayed for peace to know what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. And I just remember I prayed for peace for so long. And there were so many days where I'm like, okay, I think I have peace in whatever decision. And then something would blow up and I'd be like, nope, I don't feel like it. Yeah. Um, So finally, my best friend, Courtney is amazing. And she sat me down one day and she said, if this situation were happening to your little girls, what would you say to them? And how would you feel? So good. And that took my breath away. It still takes my breath away to think about it because if I think of them ever being in that situation, my heart breaks and I know that it broke my parents' heart when I went through it. And she also said, what are you teaching them by staying? Yeah. And I think I had always wanted to teach them that you forgive others mm-hmm. and that you try really hard. I never want my kids to think that divorce is the answer. I always want them still, even now to think, okay, all marriages are going to have ups and downs and highs and lows, but you work for it. You work for the other person, yeah. you put them first, you forgive, you forget, you are resilient. Um, you pray with them. And I just really thought that that was going to be my testimony that I was going to come out on the other side of it and it was going to be okay. And I got to the point where I realized that I was just teaching them that being an okay marriage is okay. Yeah. It's not, that's not okay. And And I don't, I don't agree with that. And that it's okay to be treated that way and to allow that to happen. And yeah. Right. Yes. I needed to teach my girls and my son that you stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. You need to stay strong in your character mm-hmm. and that you need to just pray every decision through. Honestly, want it, I want them to always pray every decision through until mm-hmm. they have complete peace. Cause I did lots of, lots of time of that. Um, so I got the courage. I finally had peace and courage to um, move back. I knew, I knew that God was calling me back home. He, I could feel it. Um, this is during COVID too. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> was it in so, the middle of the school year or? So that, oh gosh, we, we had decided that we were going to get divorced. Um, but we had not told our kids yet because we were waiting until the end of the school year. And then when you, I'm sorry, when you made that decision, did you feel a sense of relief? Like, yes, this is, I mean, not relief that, but relief, like, yes, this is the right decision. I think I felt heavy. Okay. <laughs> I think I felt like, oh no, I'm a single mom now. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a job. I don't have any money. I don't have a safety net. Gosh, that's true, Katie. Like, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Like, I was going to be in this position with nothing, but I had to choose that nothing was better than where I was. Yeah. Wow. So that was really hard. Really, 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 really hard. Um, so COVID schools in Atlanta were canceled and they were probably not going back that Mm -hmm. next year. So last year, so for 2020, 2021 school year, we didn't know if they were going to go back to school. And I knew I needed to be out here um, in Oconee County. So I had loved my kids school before, and I just wanted to go straight back to it. 
and my parents live in Oconee County. So I said, all right, until I figure it out, can I live upstairs and yeah. just put them in school? So I did. So the wow. day before meet the teacher, I moved um, <laughs> all three kids to my parents' house. Wow. And yeah, it was, it was busy and hard and I cried the whole way and yeah. I got there and I immediately felt peace. I felt, I felt like when I was driving, I felt like I was coming home. Like yeah. I knew, I knew I needed to be there. I would see like a rainbow just in front of me, leading me. It was yeah. just very like, I don't know. It's just one of those crazy, just feelings that you get just as much as my intuition was something was wrong. I also had the intuition that this was right. My yes. gut was telling me that that was the right decision. So honestly, from that point, it has been a whirlwind. <laughs> so I get the kids in school. I get my certification to substitute teach. And then I go online and I apply to reinstate my teaching certificate because it had lapsed. And this is and all within like a week, right? This is, this not is like all within months. a week. <laughs> no, this is within about four days. Okay. And then, and then um, a house came available to rent okay. that was never even on the market. A girl that was in my small group knew of this family and they had reached out to her to find someone to rent it. Okay. And I had reached out to her saying that I needed to come here. Yeah. And it just clicked. So it's in the cutest neighborhood with the sweetest neighbors. And it's just, I feel like we're in this little bubble, like yeah. where God just like led me straight here. So like the kids started school, I found a job, I applied to sub, I started subbing. Um, and mind you, so I'm family and consumer science teacher. So there is one teacher at each high school in our county and one teacher at each middle school. So there's okay. four teachers in the whole county that have this job. Wow. And all four of those ladies were like young and awesome and, and happy, not, not going anywhere. <laughs> right. So I'm thinking, okay, I guess I go back to school and I'm in this point where I like, what do I want to be when I grow up? Um, so I would just go to church every Sunday, put the kids in their classes. I go sit alone and cry through the service. Oh. And I mean, cause everything hits you, you know, like every message you feel like they're talking straight to you at that yeah. point. So I met with this girl named Lori Curtis at Athens church. And she just sat and prayed with me and cried with me and talked to me. And she's like, just gave me so much peace and so much hope and I remember she told me, she said, you are not even going to realize, but in just the last four days, you have had God bless your life in so many big ways. Yeah. She's like, I want you to always know that you can look back on all the ways that God comes through. Yeah. So when you pray it out and you follow his path, it really, it'll shine true. Eventually she said, she takes rocks and writes moments on them and keeps a reminder. Uh, so that way she can actually pour out all the rocks and it's her whole testimony. Oh, wow. And so it's all the ways that God blesses you. So every time you get one of God's little blessings, she just put that rock in the jar. Um, mm -hmm. And that was a really neat thing for her to say. 
Um, it's a neat reminder too that even though everything kind of crumbled around you, you still had you found the house. You your parents were able to let you move in with them temporarily. You found the school that your kids had already been in and you loved, and you were able to get a sub job. It was great. So Lori recommended a good counselor in the area, and she um, she was amazing too. She said to me one day, she said. It's as if you're, you've been in a fire uh-huh. and like, if your house is on fire, what are you going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to get me and my family out. Yeah. And she said, that's what you did. Yeah. She's like, you already did that. in so many ways, like God was with you in the fire, just like that song. There's another one in the fire. Like he was with me in the fire and he got me out. And now he's given me these little stepping stones. Like Lori said, Mm -hmm. Um, a house and a sub job and my, you know, certification and the kids in school and activities and just kind of aligning my path Mm -hmm. with these little stepping stones, right where I need to be. Um, so there was another book that I read along the way that was called love lives here. And it says, I can't help, but wonder if he thinks that the fires we've endured do not matter as much as the future he's promised us. Mm. So I had all these like fire analogy things around yeah. me where I was just like, okay, like, and I kept hearing like that, the song, the battle belongs to you. And I could just, the battle's not mine, you know, like God is teaching me so much through this and I'm protecting these three precious babies and I'm going to have to have a new story now. Yeah. So I, I better, I better get my thoughts right and yeah. keep myself healthy and think about all the positives rather than dwell on the fire in the past and mm-hmm. all the things that happened really just start more of a focus on what's next. Yeah. I've also heard it. Like if you, if your life is a movie, you're the main character, the movie is a third, half of the way done and you're in charge of the plot. So what are you going to do? How are you going to develop the character? Like, how are you going to set up the next few scenes? Like, what are, how are you going to write it? Absolutely. Yeah, your story of your life. And honestly, if I were to ever write a movie, it would probably be <laughs> I know. really, it would probably be really entertaining and have very dramatic, dramatic episodes. And then, uh-huh. um, yeah, a little bit of um, a lot of tears and um, hopefully happy ending. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So while I was subbing, the most amazing thing happened and it's just totally crazy. So the, um, I was offered a pair of proposition and my attorney was like, you can't take that. You're pending divorce. Like you can't do that. So she said, just take a long-term sub position and just be there for six weeks and then take another long-term sub position okay. and whatever. So instead of being a pair pro, I was just going to be a long-term sub. So I'm one one or two weeks in to my long-term sub and I get a call from the high school next door to my kid's school and they want to interview me for the job of early childhood education teacher. Oh, wow. So the lady who was not going to leave and she was happy. So I thought she would never leave. Well, she got a promotion and started working with a different organization that's very similar, um, actually the club that I sponsor. And so, so I got called in for an interview I taught the rest of that day and then 
I got an email that afternoon that my wow. teaching cert, my teaching certification had been reinstated. Wow. That same day. And then Monday I had the interview and accepted the position and started a week later. Wow. That is so it cool. It was, it was really amazing. So now I teach early childhood education at the high school and I teach all the students who want to be elementary school teachers. Nice. And it's really good. It's right next door to my kid's school. And actually I have a lot of students that intern at the elementary level and so they get to go over to their school and help yeah. out in their classrooms. Oh, that's so cool. It is. It's really rewarding. It's been like full circle moments where I'll teach students that'll come to me, you know, with life situations and whatever. And I feel like now I'm on the other side where I'm like, you can't stand for that. You yeah. can't be treated that way. And I really feel like I have a lot to offer from a different perspective now. Mm-hmm. There are obviously wonderful things about it. And there's just still so much fear. Um, but I've learned that I just have to hand all my fear over to God. I know yeah. he's got this, like he's had it all along and he has a plan and he has a purpose and he has a reason for all of this. Mm-hmm. So I just have to know to trust him and to just kind of give my anxiety over. Yeah. Um, to him just because he's got it. Yeah. I mean, to, I can't imagine this last, I guess it's been like two years now, what all you've been through and yeah, I mean, it just life threw you a curveball, a big one, and it impacted your whole family and you've had to really make some hard choices and it's inspiring to hear how you talk about listening to your gut, but also praying and feeling that connection to a higher power. So you're not in this all alone. It's not just Katie trying to figure it out. No, I don't think I would ever be able to do it alone. I'm so thankful to have just my parents and my girlfriends and my kiddos. Like I just am really thankful that I have surrounded myself with people who really will pray for me and pray with Mm -hmm. me and encourage me to be my best self. I think that's one thing as women, like we really need to build each other up and encourage Mm -hmm. each other to get through the hard times rather than getting caught up in the comparison trap. Mm -hmm. And if you could go back and like give yourself advice back when you were moving to Atlanta or back when you were having all this doubt um, about your relationship, like what advice would you give yourself? That's a really hard question. I've thought about it a lot. I think, I think I would have communicated my thoughts and feelings and why I felt that way to maybe have a better sense of perspective of other people's feelings about why they felt the way they did. I feel Mm. like communication is so important, but not just saying like, I don't feel like this is right. I think I really need to pinpoint the why Mm -hmm. behind any of my decisions. Um, They even talk about that as educators. It's like, just remember your why. Remember the reason you want to come teach these kids every day and the legacy you want to leave and your role as a parent and a community member and all the things. I just, I really just think I would have explained the why and maybe been, I wish I had been a little more present, so distracted with 
the unraveling of my marriage and packing up boxes and moving boxes and unpacking boxes. On the other side, you can see it, but I I don't think there's any way to see that when you're going through it. No, I think I just need to, I think the things I've learned are just to be more present and to be more patient. Um, I've really done a lot better job of being less reactive and listening to people more and taking time to speak kindly and Mm -hmm. think about what you want to say rather than just reacting. Yeah. And your journey is, is, I think it is going to impact a lot of women who are thinking like, you know, it's, I don't want to write a book. I don't want to, you know, be famous. I just want to love on my kids. I want to have a job that I'm happy with. I want to have relationships that are fulfilling. And yeah, I think just putting one foot in front of the other and looking for signs, praying about it, you know, just, just taking that journey, but taking it step-by-step like baby steps. Yes, I feel like you can leave a great legacy and be completely fulfilled and live out God's purpose for your life in really a lot of series of little small steps mm-hmm. rather than trying to go out and solve all the world's problems. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. So Thank cute. you, Katie. I so appreciate oh. you. And I know it takes courage to share this story. Yeah, it's kind of a lot, but it's kind of fun to reflect back on all the grace God has shown me and all the wonderful things that he's done and will continue to do. Because the more you remind yourself of all those positives, the stronger you are each day. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, here are your take-home points. And if y'all want to see a picture of cute Katie, you can go to my website, hopethepa.com. All right, number one, when your heart is opposed to a decision, you will likely have physical symptoms like Katie had when she was trying to jog and she couldn't catch her breath. She was crying all the time. She knew deep in her heart that it wasn't where God needed her to be despite it fe- it was sorry despite it feeling like it was what she should do so trust your instincts number 2 when you feel unloved unattractive unappreciated these are all indications that you're out of alignment number 3 you never know what someone else is going through even if they look like they have it all together on the outside Number four, when faced with a difficult decision, ask yourself what you would tell your child if this situation were happening to her. Number five, pray through every decision. Never lose faith that God has a plan for your life. Use the hard times as reminders that even though you feel broken, these difficulties can be used as part of your purpose. And finally, you gotta be the one to decide to rewrite your story. You can choose to focus on the pain or you can choose to get healthy, make good choices, and move forward. And I also put down the books that Katie mentioned, so head on over to the website. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening today. I really appreciate it. If you know someone who could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I would also love it if you would leave a review on Apple iTunes. That helps me reach more people. So please do it. 
And lastly, if you want more of what you heard today, you can go on over to my website at hopethepa.com. And I have created this little amazing free ebook called Your Guide to Hacking the Life Machine. And you can sign up for my weekly newsletter. It has lots of yummy things in it. All right, y'all take care and I will see you next week.